The pommel beam. horse, they call it, right? The beam. The beam. Balance beam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, balance beam. Same pommel thing. horse is the vault one? Pommel horse is the one that got the little hooks on it where you go between your legs and stuff. Oh, okay. There we yeah. go. Yeah. It just shows how much <laughs> I'm up on the <laughs> gymnastics part of things. Anyhow, it's not, the, it's not the apparatus. It is the fact that she's doing it at all, which has had everybody sort of in her head for the last week or so while she has battled whatever it is she's battling. Dr. Michael Militech is a neuropsychiatrist in the area of performance and sports, joins us on the program to talk about this. Michael, thank you for spending a little time with us. I understand you were a competitive weightlifter for the Canadian team, the World Championships and Olympics back in the 80s, so you have some idea of what this is like. Do you did you recognize something familiar when you heard Simone Biles talk about why she was stepping aside? Hi, Miss. Well, first of all, I'm excited to speak with you and be on your show. It's really, uh, really a pleasure to talk to you. I've followed you. you for decades now, actually, and uh, really have um, come to appreciate the uh, uh, what you have. What I see is a gift to look beyond the performer into the person. So um, this is uh, particularly of interest to me and yes i absolutely it's easy to read when an athlete is uh, she's had a brain body breakdown in a sense and when athletes train they you know they train using a particular kind of memory so for example a tennis serve you break it down and you think about the different parts of the serve and you use the, the uh, part of your brain the front frontal lobes of your brain teach yourself slowly and of course you feel awkward and so on but with repetitions and over time you sort of uh, develop what people used to call muscle memory which has nothing to do with muscles at all it's all a brain memory you map it into your brain and you connect with those maps in your brain in order to perform well when you get overwhelmed and overrun by stress at particular times um, you can see it in the athlete before it happens. You can feel it. You can, if you're courtside with them, you can tell what's going to happen. There's a breakdown in the connection between body and brain. So the pathways that they've used to develop these skills simply aren't available to them anymore. Right. What are what are the what are the causes though of the breakdown? I mean, this is this is an athlete who has performed at the highest level in world championships at Olympic games before. And what seems to be at least partly at work here is the circumstance of this. She's not pulling out of the uh, Frankfurt Open. She's pulling out <laughs> of, the, of the Olympic Games that she was the face of with her own participation, it should be pointed out, but also through NBC. So doesn't that all play into the reason why it happens now? I understand the neurology well, of it. Yeah, I... And I really appreciated that part of your article, by the way, a problem we helped create. I think you subtitled it as something along those lines. Um, So when I think about stress in an athlete, yes, she has has competed at the very highest levels already and has been extremely successful at them. So she gets to the Olympic Games. She gets in this sort of crucible of stress. The Larry Nassar thing is in her mind. Uh, obviously, her, she brings her family with her into it too, which, as you know, and I, which I've wrote, written about, is a, has been a very, very troubled past. She brings the tremendous pressure to bear, and uh, even Caleb Dressel talked about the difference between stress and pressure. 
when pressure becomes stress, it, it takes on and crosses a certain threshold, Mitch. It doesn't allow you to have the same. It overwhelms your abilities to use uh, the parts of your brain to calm yourself down by uh, a particular part of the brain that you simply have no control over. So there's a whole kind of what I would say a perfect storm of events going into this that are largely unconscious or subconscious that literally, you know, sort of blow up the brain's ability to, to function at that moment. And we can break down each individual stress that there is, but um, needless to say, her capacity to deal with the stress was compromised severely by the unconscious kind of combination of things that all came together in that right. moment. Now, she she got there, uh you know, and started competing, and I think it was a week ago today or so that she basically announced that she was pulling out. Having had experience with the family members, uh, you know, going through serious mental things, when it reaches a boiling point, my experience anyhow is you need you need some therapy, you need some time away, you need to examine, you know, do physical things, breathing exercises, separate yourself from, from the, the stressor conditions. She's had a week. She's still there. She's at the events every night, and now she's going to compete again. Is there any reason to think that whatever it was that couldn't allow her body and her mind to connect a week ago is somehow gone to the point that no, she can not, perform at a gold medal level tomorrow night? Not at all gone. And I, you know, I, I go back to your first point because I think what she's doing and what she's had a lot of practice in doing is recovering this part of her, what I call her, I don't want to get geeky here, but her autonomic nervous system, she's allowed, she's probably worked very hard to settle that part of her nervous system down enough. I, I stress enough that she feels like she can once again connect her body and her and her brain again. So all of the things are still there, absolutely, and she's going to need a lot of future work. But it's a matter of degree, and along the spectrum, does she have enough of those parts of her brain that can connect and control in order to pull up, pull this off? Doctor, is this condition a lot more common than than we're led to believe? For a lot of us, this is really the first time we've heard anything about this. Well, you know what? It's an interesting uh, question because I also believe that it's sort of a, a part of a spectrum that all athletes face. You mentioned Jim Eisenreich, you, right. you know, other uh, other pitchers that have that can't hit the plate. I myself experienced it getting close to the Olympic Games, where a weight that felt light that I was able to rep out for a number of reps, all of a sudden I completely lost coordination with it. So it goes, it cuts across sports, it cuts across performers, and I believe it also can cut across, you know, performers in in, in arenas outside sports. I, I was just going to ask you that. Is there a parallel? Because none of us can really relate to Olympic-level uh, athletic performance, except you. Uh, but the, the people who are listening and, and all of us here, this is just beyond our realm. Like like I said before, I'd never stop throwing up. I mean, I would, you know, the minute I got there, <laughs> the minute I was in the opening ceremonies, I'd throw up. And then, you know, I, I, there's no way I can handle that pressure. But I know that about myself. But are there parallels in you know, what we would call more uh, pedestrian work life 
where this presents itself and is a version of it. It's just our activity, our, you know, high pressure performance thing that we have to deal with. Yeah, I think that's a critical question to sort of put on the table in this whole conversation, Mitch, because if you see people getting up that are used to, for example, public speaking and all of a sudden choke up and can't talk, right. or you see or you see Kevin Love having a panic attack on the court, or you see, uh, you know, people that, well, that's back to sports again, but uh, public speaking is a big one. Uh, getting in front of a, uh, in front of your boss for a, uh, a, a sort of rundown and performance review, um, being on the spot for a lot of other things that are critical in that moment. If a lawyer who has to make a case in front of a, of, of a jury, a closing argument or something and just, just loses perfect. it. Yeah. Yes. And, and does my, that my, happen? I mean, is that, is that a common thing that we, we observe in human behavior? It, it's not uncommon, but, you know, it's interesting because my son is a heart surgeon, and he has talked, I asked him about this, and he has talked about this going on in the operating room occasionally, which is why you always have backup available. Mm-hmm. So I, I hate to talk much about this, but yeah. every once in a while, someone will seize up for no reason at all that's known wow. to them at the time. So that's why there's backup upon backup. Wow. That's a fact that is important to know and nobody wants to hear. <laughs> uh, Dr. Michael Militech, thank you for spending time with us on this and giving us some enlightenment on it. I appreciate the kind words, too. That's kind of you. Thank you. That's a pleasure. Thank you, Mitch.